of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're there in Genesis chapter number 41. And of course, on Sundays, we've been going through a series uh, through the book of Numbers called Wilderness Wanderings, but we're taking a break uh, from that today uh, because, of course, this morning was our Work Appreciation Day, and I uh, preached a sermon on the subject of work. But there's so much in the Bible about work uh, that I uh, wasn't able to get everything in that I wanted to say, so I decided to turn that sermon into kind of a little two-part mini-series. And even, even tonight, we're not going to get through everything the Bible teaches about work, but there's some things I wanted you uh, to learn about work, and we're specifically looking at work through the life of Joseph, because Joseph is, is just uh, an incredible um, character in the Bible, uh, but when it comes to being an example of someone who works and who is productive, Joseph is an amazing person. And I'll just give you a definition for work again, like I did this morning. Work is defined as activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. And I'm not going to re-preach uh, this morning's sermon, but this morning we did, we did learn, I'll, I'll just review it real quickly, this morning we did learn about the fact that hard workers push themselves, uh, which means that they don't have to be supervised, uh, they can, they're self-starters, they can get themselves uh, to work, and hard workers uh, produce, they are productive, they produce value. Hard workers persevere through difficulty, and hard workers prosper uh, through God. We talked about that this morning. And tonight I'd like to give you uh, a few more uh, lessons regarding work. And we're there in Genesis chapter 41. I'd like you to look down at verse number 39. And again, this morning we were dealing with the story of Joseph. Uh, here we kind of come to the end of the life of Joseph, uh, and we see how, how things end up for him. Genesis 41 and verse 39, the Bible says this, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art, Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people uh, be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And I want you to notice, and here we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to continue on kind of where we left off. But the first point that I'd like to make tonight is this regarding hard workers. And it is this, that hard workers get promoted. Hard workers get promoted. And in this story, we see here that uh, Joseph is brought out of prison, and he is promoted. He is put in a position of authority. We see there in verse 39, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, verse 40, Thou shalt be over my house. Verse 41, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. So I want you to notice that uh, hard workers are going to get promoted uh, everywhere they go. And what we see is that Joseph got promoted everywhere they go. And, you know, people often dream about this type of promotion, right, where someone like Pharaoh, Pharaoh was the most powerful man in the world at the time, and he took notice of Joseph, and he promoted him and gave him this power uh, and authority. But here's what we need to remember about Joseph is this, that everywhere Joseph went, he got promoted. Everywhere he was, uh, he was promoted. We saw this already this morning, but let me just show it to you again. Go, go back to Genesis 39, and here's what I want you to understand. Joseph was promoted to be the second in command to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the, the most powerful man on earth at this time. The nation of Egypt is the most powerful nation on earth at this time, and, and Joseph is promoted to be the second in command, 
But what we see in the life of Joseph is that everywhere that he went, he was being promoted. And everywhere that he went, he's being put in authority. Notice Genesis 39, verse 4. Here we see Joseph in Potiphar's house. And of course, he's in slavery. He's been sold into slavery. And look at verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, Potiphar's sight. And he served him. And he made him, notice the words, overseer over his house. The word overseer means manager or the ruler of the house. Potiphar made Joseph overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Look at verse verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So here's what we see. Joseph is a slave, and he works hard, and he's promoted in part of his house. But then, of course, like we saw this morning, uh, he's lied about. He's thrown into prison. But then what happens there? Go to Genesis 39. Look at verse 20. Joseph, we see Joseph in Potiphar's house, and what happens? He gets promoted. Then we see Joseph in prison. What happens there? Genesis 39, 20. And Joseph's master, which is Potiphar, took him and put him into the prison. And of course, we know that Potiphar's wife lied about him, got him thrown in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Look at verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison, and whatsoever they did, he was a doer of it. I mean, think about this. Joseph is a prisoner in prison, and then they put him in charge of all the prisoners. The Bible says that the keeper of the prison committed Joseph's hand, uh, all, uh, com- uh, to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. So I want you to notice a couple of things. First of all, we see that everywhere Joseph goes, he's getting promoted. But the other thing that I want you to notice is this, that before Joseph was promoted to the palace, Before he's promoted to this big uh, uh, job with all the benefits, with a a big salary, uh, with with all the things that you uh, would imagine that an individual would want, before he's promoted there, he was promoted in prison. Before he's promoted there, he was promoted as a slave. And here's what I'm trying to tell you is that Joseph was a hard worker no matter what position he found himself in. And, you know, people often think, they think, well, if I got that big promotion, then I would work hard. But, you know, you should work hard at the entry-level job you're at. You should work hard in any position you find yourself in because that is what's going to lead you to being promoted and to have the favor of God upon your life. And you're not going to be ready to be the second in command uh, for the entire nation of, of Egypt if you're not working hard all along the way. And I'm sure that being the second in command in Potiphar's house helped him be ready to be the second in command in Pharaoh's house. So we see here that hard workers get promoted. They get promoted everywhere they go, and they work hard no matter what position they have. So look, no matter what position you have at work or what position you find yourself in, you ought to just decide, I'm going to work hard. This morning we talked about the fact, keep your place there in Genesis, that's our text for uh, tonight. Go to the book of Esther, if you would, Esther chapter 9. If you open your, your Bible just right in the center, you're more than likely following the book of Psalms. And if you go backwards, you have the book of Job and then the book of Esther, Esther chapter 9. And you know, this morning we were talking about the fact that we often recommend and, and tell people that 
starting your own business or working for yourself is definitely a good avenue to go through and, and to go to, and I, and I do agree with that, but it's not for everybody. And some people, you know, shouldn't work for themselves. And maybe you have a type of job where it doesn't really make sense for you to go on your own and it makes sense for you to work somewhere for work, work, work for a company. But here's what I would say. If I was going to go work somewhere and if I was going to go work at a company, my goal is, would be to get promoted as high as possible. I mean, I don't care if you're working at McDonald's. If I worked at McDonald's, I'd be trying to run McDonald's. I'd be trying to get as high up uh, in, in that chain as possible, obviously with character, with integrity, not by cheating or stealing or, or anything like that, but just by working hard. And when you work hard in whatever position you find yourself, see, the Bible teaches that we, when we are faithful in that which is least, then God will give us more. And oftentimes the reason that we don't get the promotions and we don't get the raises and we don't get the things that, that maybe we would like to have is because we're not being good workers in the areas we find ourselves in. So whether you find yourself in Potiphar's house or you find yourself in prison, work hard. Because that will be the gateway to get you into the palace and get you recognized by... And think about this. And, and again, I'm not preaching on the life of Joseph. I preached on, on, on the life of Joseph uh, years ago. But one thing that always struck me about Joseph is this is how all these things were connected. And God was bringing him down a road that honestly, if you would have asked Joseph, and if you would have asked me, we would not have wanted to go down, but it ended up working like Joseph said. God worked all things uh, for good. He said that they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And consider the fact that his brother sold him into slavery. And I'm sure Joseph didn't like that, and we wouldn't have liked that, but that's what got him to Egypt. When he got to Egypt, he was sold, uh, bought into the house of Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife lied about him. And Potiphar's wife uh, got him thrown in prison. And I'm sure Joseph didn't like that. And I wouldn't have liked that. And that would have been discouraging. But that's what got him in connection with the butler. And the fact that he was there in prison and met the butler. But consider this. What if Joseph would have been in prison and just been lazy? What if he would have just been discouraged and would have just got mad at God and said and got angry at God and, and had a bad attitude? Then he would have never had the opportunity to be over the butler. He would have never had the opportunity to minister to the butler, which would have never talked to Pharaoh, which would have never brought him, brought him out of prison. Do you see how all these things are connected? And often in life, the way that you and I, we, we think, well, when I get that raise, then I'll act better. Or when I get that position, then I'll act better. But the position you find yourself in now, the place you find yourself in now, you need to be a hard worker there. And those are the connections. Those are the, that is the avenue that God will allow to help you be promoted. Because hard workers get promoted. Look, everywhere they go, hard workers get promoted. And throughout the Bible, we see that God's people are always being promoted. We saw it here in the story of Joseph. But let me give you another, uh, some other examples. Look at Esther chapter 9. Look at verse 4. And what's interesting to me, the examples I'm going to give you right now are Old Testament stories of the children of Israel in captivity. But to me, when I read these stories, I think, okay, this is how believers are supposed to be in the workplace. Because what are we seeing? Joseph in the workplace. What are we going to see here in Esther 9? We see Mordecai in the workplace. Notice what the Bible says, Esther 9 and verse 4. For Mordecai was great. And that phrase, was great, or that term great, is referring to his position. He was a man of great authority. Notice, for Mordecai was great 
in the king's house. Do you see that? His position was great, and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. Uh, for this man Mordecai, notice what it says, waxed greater and greater. Look at Esther chapter 10 and verse 2. Esther chapter 10 and verse 2. And all the acts of his power and of his might and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai whereunto the king advanced him. You see that? The king advanced him. Everywhere Joseph went, he was promoted. Everywhere Mordecai went, he was promoted. Where the king advanced him, as they are they not written in the books of the Chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? Verse 3, for Mordecai the Jew was next unto King Ahasuerus. Doesn't that sound like Joseph? I mean, I just want you to notice that we see Joseph being promoted. We see Mordecai being promoted. Let's look at another example. Go to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. You're there in Esther. You go past Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Daniel chapter 2. Look at verse 48. We saw Joseph being promoted. We saw Mordecai being promoted. Now let's look at Daniel. Notice what the Bible says. Daniel 2.48. Then the king made Daniel, notice these words, a great man. Again, referring to his position. And gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. Notice, and the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. So we see Daniel is given a position of greatness. He's made ruler over all the whole, the whole province of Babylon, and he's made the chief of the governors. We see Mordecai is great in the king's house, and he waxed greater and greater, and the king advanced him, and he was next unto the king. We see Joseph is made second uh, in power to Pharaoh and is the greatest in Egypt, only second to Pharaoh. And here's what I'm showing you. Don't you think that God is trying to make this point that wherever his people work, they ought to be the best worker? They ought to work hard and get promoted because hard workers get promoted. Let me give you another example. Go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, look at verse 30. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 30. Daniel 3 and verse 30, the Bible says this, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. So we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What do they get? Promoted. They get a promotion. What does Daniel get? He gets promoted. What does Mordecai get? He gets promoted. What does Joseph get? He gets promoted. And here's the point that I'm trying to make, is that hard workers get promoted. And look, guys, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to be real with you. If you've been working at the same place for 20 years and everybody's getting promoted ahead of you, even the guy that doesn't speak English is not your supervisor, you know, that probably has something to do to, and it says something about your work ethic. Because hard workers get promoted. And when you work hard, they're going to notice that and they're going to say, there's somebody that should be in charge. There's somebody that should be running the show. There's somebody that should be ruling things. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs 12. If you go back to where uh, Psalms, right after Psalms, you have the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12. Do me a favor, put a ribbon or a bookmark or something there in uh, Proverbs because we're going to leave it and we're going to come back to it. I'd like you to get have your place in Genesis and have your place in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12, and look at verse number 24. Notice what the Bible says. Look, the Bible promises this, that hard work will get you promoted. 
We already saw it in narratives. Mordecai, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, uh, Joseph. But then here in Proverbs, the Bible even just states it. Proverbs 12, 24. Notice what it says. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Who's going to rule? The diligent. Who's going to rule? The hard worker. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Notice, but the slothful shall be under tribute. The slothful is going to be under the authority of someone else. The slothful will be under tribute, but the hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Now you say, well, what is the connection between being a hard worker and getting promoted? Well, if you remember point number one of this morning's sermon, a hard worker doesn't have to be supervised. So when your supervisor, when your boss, when the the owner of your company is looking for someone to put in a supervisory position, he's going to take notice of the guy that doesn't need to be supervised. Because the guy that doesn't have to be supervised, the guy that doesn't have to be micromanaged, the guy that doesn't have to be uh, checked in on every five minutes, that's the guy we're going to put in charge of all the other lazy guys who do need to be supervised, who do need to be micromanaged, who aren't going to, uh, who are lazy or aren't just going to work just because it's the right thing to do. So I want you to notice that hard workers get promoted. Let me give you another example. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Look at verse 29. Proverbs 22, 29. Proverbs 22, 29, the Bible says this, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? I mean, this is a man who's, the word diligent means they're working hard. Man of activity, they're busy. They're diligent in their business. By the way, let me say this. Jesus said, as a 12-year-old boy, I must be about my father's business. Seest thou a man diligent In his business, notice what the Bible says, he shall stand before kings. Isn't that true about Joseph? Isn't that true of Mordecai? He shall stand before kings. Notice these words. He shall not stand before mean men. Now here in Proverbs 22, 29, when the Bible says the word mean there, when it says he shall not stand before mean men, the word mean there is not the the word that you and I would think of uh, someone mean like not someone who's not nice. That's not the word that's being used there. The word mean is you being used in, in a mathematical way. The word mean is a mathematical term. In the context of mathematics and statistics, the word mean refers to what is informally called the average. If you're doing math and somebody's asking you for the mean Uh, number of something. They're asking you for the average. And what the Bible literally is saying here is that when you see a man diligent in his business, that guy is going to stand before kings. He is not going to stand before average men. Do you see that? When it says he's not going to stand before mean men, he's not going to stand before average men. If a man is diligent in his business, he's going to stand before kings. He's going to stand before people with power. He's going to stand before people with authority. He's not going to stand before mean men. And let me just say this. The average man today is a lousy worker. And look, I, I, I want to speak to the young people and the young men tonight and kind of give, give the young men um, some thoughts because obviously we, we live in a world where uh, it's, it's hard to make ends meet. It's hard uh, to make income. But let me just say this to young men. If you can learn this, this will help you so much. When it comes to the workplace, you just have to realize that being a hard worker is like your secret weapon. 
Because most people out there are lazy. And look, just let me, let me explain something to you, okay? And it's not that complicated, and you're going to think I'm mocking people or making fun of people. I'm not making fun of people. But the average young man in America today is a video game playing fool. They can't get up early. They can't show up anywhere on time. They don't know how to work hard. They, they, that's, the, that's like the average worker out there. So when you get a job anywhere, when you get a job anywhere and you show up on time, you work hard, you look your boss in the eye, you speak in, you know, complete sentences, they're just going to be like, you're the greatest thing ever. See, is thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. He shall not stand before average men. And I would say this, you don't want to stand with average men. Because average men are losers. Go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30. So let me just give you some advice regarding how to get, how to get promoted. And, and let's just maybe say it this way, how to get a raise, right? Because you need a raise. Inflation is up. You need, you need some more money. Well, we, we touched on this this morning, but I just want you to see it again. Genesis 30, 29. Remember Jacob? Jacob raised Joseph. Jacob was a, a great worker. Genesis 30, verse 29. Remember Jacob was putting in his resignation letter. And he said unto him, Jacob said unto Laban, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming, and now shall I provide, and now, uh, when shall I provide for mine own house also? And what Jacob is doing, he's telling Laban, he's explaining to him why he's going to leave. Because he's saying, look, I've been working for you for all these years. You changed my wages 10 different times. I've been working for, for you for 20 years, and it's now time for me to go on my own. I made you rich, but it's time for me to make some money. Look at verse 31. And he, Laban, said, what shall I give thee? I want you to notice, here, uh, Jacob's boss is saying to him, just name your price. What do I need to pay you for you to stay? Notice, and Jacob said, thou shalt not give me anything. If that will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. And of course, if you know the story, they have this whole deal where Jacob ends up becoming rich as a result, and God blessed him and God helped him. The point that I want you to make is here, is that Jacob had his boss, Laban, just begging him not to leave and pretty much just saying, like, look, I'll pay you whatever I need to pay you for you to stay. I want you to stay. Here was a guy that just got a raise. We've seen men in the Bible that got a promotion. So how do you do that? How do you go out into the workforce, and how do you get a raise? How do you get a promotion, okay? Here are the steps. Number one, become valuable. You need to become valuable. Now you say, well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means in the context of your job. But whatever is valuable in your job, that thing that needs to be done, that thing that that's how we pay the bills, that's what we get paid for, that's what we send invoices for, that's what people write big checks for, that, whatever that is, whatever that is in your context, in your workplace, in your career, in your situation, you need to become that person. Valuable. 
Now, here's what most people think, and this is the lazy man's way of thinking. Most workers think, when I get paid more, I'll produce more value. Wrong. That is the wrong way. The opposite is true. When you produce more, when you become more valuable, then you'll get paid more. You understand what I just said? Produce more value, then you are paid for what you provide. Here's what people think. When I get paid more, I'll produce more. Wrong. When you produce more, you'll get paid more. And literally, there's a logical reason for this. There's a, it's not just a spiritual truth, although it is a spiritual truth. There's literally a logical reason for this. Because when you start working for a company and they're paying you minimum wage, they're paying you minimum wage because you're not worth much. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just, that's the truth. You're not bringing a lot of value to the table. So, you know, the truth is this. Your boss doesn't really care if you come or go because unvaluable people, video game playing fools, are a dime a dozen. Literally. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he doesn't pay you much because you're not worth much. But when you start reading, when you start learning, when you start training outside of work, when you start gaining confidence and credibility and competence and you start becoming valuable, now the boss is going to look at you and say, I don't want to lose that guy. That's when the raises come. That's when the promotions come. See, people think, well, if I get a raise, I'll, I'll do more. No, 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 do more, and then you'll get a raise. Because until you do more, the boss doesn't really care if you, whether, if you stay or not. You understand what I'm telling you? Look, I'm just trying to help you out. You do whatever you want. And look, I'm not, I'm not even saying whatever. I realize that there are life situations where people, maybe you can't work the greatest job. Maybe you are. I'm not mocking. If you work at McDonald's, look, I think working at McDonald's or being a gen, any, any work... We talked about it this morning. In all labor, there is profit. And any work that is honest and you're not ripping people off and you're not selling drugs or whatever, that is good and that is righteous in the eyes of God. But if you, you've got some situation where, you know, the best you can do is work at a fast food place, hey, that's fine. All I'm telling you is this. I'm, I'm not mocking. I'm, not, I'm literally telling you, if I woke up tomorrow and I found myself in a situation where the only place I could work, it was McDonald's, or the only place I could work was Taco Bell, I'm not mocking you. I'm saying, I'm going to be the best worker at Taco Bell. I'm going to become a shift lead and a shift manager. I'm going to run that Taco Bell. Then I'm going to run the district. I'm going to run the whole state of California. I mean, I don't know how high you have to go in McDonald's, but I'm going to climb that McDonald's university ladder. And at some point, you know, they're going to dress me up like Ronald McDonald and pay me up a lot of money. I'm just saying wherever you find yourself, you say, I work at Walmart, then run it. But, but here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to be some clerk at Walmart saying, well, when they pay me more, I'll do more. doesn't work that way. You work. You produce. You become valuable. And then they'll say, we can't lose that guy. He knows too much. He's worth too much. Pay that guy more. Keep him here. Laban's saying, what shall I give thee? That's how it works. So how can I get a raise? Become valuable. Most people think when, you get, when I get paid more, I'll do more. No, 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 no. You do more. And look, whether you're a worker or whether you're a business owner, whether you work for yourself or whether you're a pastor of a church, here's a rule that you should always follow. 
provide more value than you're being paid for? How can I become the greatest at whatever area you find yourself in? Provide more value than you're getting paid for. Look, I'll just be honest with you, and maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe this is a carnal thing or whatever. I don't know. But as a pastor, I try to provide more value in my sermons than I'm actually getting paid for. Can I just say that? I'm literally up here trying to preach better sermons than than the average pastor. Because I don't want to be with mean pastors. Mean, you know, not new IP mean. (laughs) Mathematical mean. Average. I don't want to be average. You say, but you're trying too hard. You spend too much time studying. You alliterate those outlines and you come up with it. You're trying too hard. There's only 250 people here. Right, but I'm trying to preach at the level of 500 people. I'm trying to produce that value so we can get there. That's how it works. And pastors literally, they think, well, we got 20 people here, so I'm not going to try that hard. But when we have 200 people, then I'll really stay. You'll never have 200 people. Because the way it works is you provide value. Then you're given the position. Then you're given the promotion. Then God helps you. And then God grows you. And then God exalts you. So we see that a hard worker is get promoted. Go to Genesis chapter 40, if you would. Genesis chapter 40. And some of you are like, well, you need to try harder. Those sermons aren't that great. Well, look, I'm trying. <laughs> trying the best I can. Genesis. I, and I'm, I'm trying to get better every, every day, every week. Amen. Genesis 40. So, number one, hard workers get promoted. Here's point number two, or point number six, however you're looking at it. However your notes are outlined, if you're <laughs> continuing your notes from this morning. Not only do hard workers get promoted, but here's point number two. Hard work, well, let's look at the past. Look at Genesis 40 and verse 14. Genesis 40, 14. This is Joseph in prison. And he just got done interpreting the dream for the butler and the baker. And notice verse 14. He says, but think on me. He's telling the butler, because the butler's about getting ready to be released from prison. He says, but think on me. When it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Notice verse 15. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. Now I want you to notice that this passage in the entire life of Joseph is the closest we get to Joseph complaining. But he's not complaining. I don't believe Joseph complained at all. He's he's literally not complaining here. Because notice, he's not charging God foolishly. He's not, he's being factual. He's just telling the butler, hey, look, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And, And he says, and here in Egypt, also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. And he's just saying, when you get out of here, can you mention that to Pharaoh and see if you can get me out of here? He's not complaining at all, but this is the closest you get to Joseph. And what this highlights for me is this, that Joseph, you don't see him complaining in his whole life at all. And if anybody had something to complain about, it was Joseph. I mean, he's sold into slavery, lied about, put in prison, forgotten by the butler. After this, the butler forgets for two years. 
If anybody had a reason to complain, it was Joseph, but Joseph did not. You say, why? Here's why. Because hard workers get promoted, number one, and hard workers do not protest, number two. They don't complain. Look, when it comes to being a hard worker, you need to understand this. Don't complain, just work. And I would say this, don't compare, just work. Let's go to the New Testament. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. We saw these passages this morning, but we looked at a different verse this morning. I want you to see a different thing this evening. Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. And look, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you this about the, the value thing. We ran our church my wife and I started Verity Baptist Church in our living room 13 years ago. And when, when we started our church in our living room with my family, with Brother Ray and Miss Denise, you know, we started on time. I would get up and say, good evening. Welcome to Verity Baptist Church tonight. Let's take our, I mean, exactly like we do right now. You said when you had five people on a Sunday night? Yeah, when we had five people on a Sunday night, we ran it like we had 100 people. Because that's how it works. You, you need to be serious. And look, if you say, I'm starting out in business, then run it like you're a multi-million dollar business. I'm not saying you have all the finances. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, run it professionally. Put work into it and work hard at it. Hard workers get promoted. But secondly, I want to say this, hard workers do not protest. Here's something that I've noticed about workers. And they have a tendency to compare themselves. And there's two things that really, they, they don't make any sense. And if, and if you think about it, if you separate yourself from the situation and you just think about it, I think you'll agree with me. These things do not make any sense. Here's something that workers have a tendency to do. And it is to compare and complain. Compare and complain. So here's what they'll do. They'll look at a guy who's not working. And they'll say, so-and-so's not working. And maybe so-and-so's their boss. Maybe so-and-so's their supervisor. Maybe so-and-so's the manager. And they'll say, so-and-so's not working. And here's what the average American worker thinks. They're not working, so I'm not going to work. Well, you're the one that's not going to get promoted then. Think about a, Think about... Just like the, like the work going on at the building. Just a volunteer. You know, does it make any sense to say, so-and-so's not working, so I'm going to stop showing up? So-and-so's not working, so I'm going to stop working. How does that make any sense? Okay, we already got one guy who's not working, so then you're going to make it worse by you not working? That doesn't make any sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's what would make more sense. So-and-so's not working, so I'm going to work harder to make up for that guy. If you actually cared about what's happening, it makes no sense to say, so-and-so's not working. So I stopped showing up to those work days because so-and-so wasn't working. So you're just going to make it worse for us? You're just going to make it harder for those of us that actually are showing up and working? Look at Ephesians 6. Look at verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Notice these words, as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers. There's so much eye service, I think, in work sometimes. Why are you looking around so much? Just put your head down and work. 
Well, my boss isn't. Well, how do you know what your boss isn't or isn't doing? Why don't you just put your head down and work? Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill, doing service. Don't miss it. As to the boss. Is that what it says? As to the manager. Is that what it says? I'm sorry. Are, do you have a different Bible than I have? As to the Lord and not to men. When you go to work, you work for God. You work for the Lord. You know what that means? That means that it doesn't matter what the other guy is or isn't doing. I'm not doing it for the other guy, not to men, but to the Lord. When I show up to a work day, I'm there for the Lord. I'm not there for you or anyone else. I'm there for God. And if I'm there for God, then it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I'm there for God. So it makes no sense to say, well, science is not working, so I'm going to stop working. I'm going to stop showing up to those work days because those guys, they talk too much. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. They're not helping, so I'm going to stop helping that because that'll get the job done. How about, hey, I'm doing this for the Lord, no matter what anybody else is doing. And that's true at a work day, and that's true at your job. Go to Colossians 3, Ephesians, Philippians. Col- oh, look, I'm just saying, look, separate yourself from the emotions and ask yourself, does, doesn't, that make, doesn't that not make any sense? If the goal is to get the job done, doesn't it make sense to say, well, other people aren't working, so I'm going to keep working and work hard. It doesn't make sense to say, other people aren't working, so I'm going to stop working too. And then you wonder why you've been at the same position for however many years. Colossians 3.22, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily, don't miss it, as to the Lord and not unto men. So you ought to ask yourself this question. When you're working, who are you working for? And the answer is, the right answer is, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter where you're at. The right answer is, if you're a Christian, when you're working, it's as unto the Lord. And if I'm working for the Lord, then it doesn't matter what the other guy is or isn't doing. It doesn't matter what the supervisor is or isn't doing. It doesn't, I don't, I don't need to be having eye service and being the work police and making sure, look, I'm here there for God. Now, look, I agree, everybody should be working. I get that. I, I understand that. But the point is this. Why are you there? And it should be for the Lord. So here are things that make no sense. People who say that because so-and-so's not working, I'm, I'm going to stop working. That doesn't make any sense. That does, that's not even logical. That, that's dumb. What would make more sense is to say so-and-so's not working, so I'm going to work harder and make up for it. That would actually make sense. But let me just say this. We should not complain, just work. And we should not compare just work. You know, and we've been talking a lot about it because we've been in the book of Numbers. And I I hope you get the point from the Bible. God hates complaining. Let me let you know a little secret. Complaining about complaining is still complaining. Some of you, it's going to take you a little while to get that. (laughs) Complaining about the complainers is complaining and doesn't make any sense. Those guys, they they complain so much. You're complaining right now. (laughs) 
Those guys, they just whine so much. You're whining right now! That makes no sense. You say, what does a hard worker do? He just works. He doesn't compare. He doesn't complain. He's not there for anybody else. I'm there for the Lord. I'm not trying to please anybody else. I'm not trying to impress anybody else. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I'm there for God. And I just think it's funny when we take this high horse, we're complaining about the complaints, but you're complaining. It's like the people that are like, you guys are so judgmental. You're judging us right now. It makes no sense. And look, if you would just separate yourself from the emotions and look at it logically, you'd be like, eh, yeah, 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 that's a point. I'm complaining about the complainers. That doesn't really make any sense. I'm going to stop working because the other guy's not working. That doesn't make any sense. And if you were doing it for the Lord, if you were doing it for the Lord, it wouldn't matter what the other guy's doing. If you're doing it for the Lord, it wouldn't matter what the other guy's saying. If you're doing it for the Lord, you don't only care what the Lord thought. Go to Genesis 41. The question is, are you doing it for the Lord? Genesis 41. So hard workers get promoted. Hard workers do not promote. Some of you are like, you need to stop working so hard on these sermons. You're making a little too much sense there. <laughs> Genesis 41. Number one, hard workers get promoted. Number two, hard workers do not protest. Here's point number three, or point number seven, however you're looking at it. Hard workers provide. We can say it this way. Hard workers get paid. How about that? I'm keeping up with the alliteration there. Genesis 41, look at verse 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed himself in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck and he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Go to Genesis chapter 30. Look at verse 43. Genesis 30 and verse 43. Remember Jacob? So we see Joseph. You think Joseph got paid? It seems like he got a paycheck right then. He got a raise. He got a ring. He got a gold chain. I mean, he's getting paid. Look at verse 43. Uh, Genesis 30, verse 43. The man, this is Jacob. Remember, he worked hard, sleep left his eyelids, he, he, he worked hard, and Laban saying, just name your price. Genesis 30, 43, the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maid servants and men servants and camels and asses. Let me tell you something. The secret to making money, you ready? It's hard work. It's hard work. It's not a degree, it's hard work. It's not a business. It's hard work. Look, you can have a degree and not make good money. And you can have a degree and make great money. You say, what's the difference? Hard work. You can have a business and be bankrupt. You can have a business and make great money. What's the difference? Hard work. You understand what I'm saying? The difference is hard work. You say, I need money. I need to pay the bills. I need to get paid. Okay, here's the secret. Work hard. Hard in all labor, there is profit. 
Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. Did you keep your place in Proverbs? Proverbs 6. I got to finish this because it's getting into overtime now. and I'm going to get time and a half or something. I'm not sure how that works. Proverbs 6. One day you guys will get my jokes. Proverbs 6. Look at verse 6. Proverbs 6. It's hard to laugh when you're so, when you're so much conviction. Proverbs 6. 6. <laughs> Go to the ant. Proverbs Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having to guide, to having no guide, overseer or ruler, look at verse 8, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. You know that hard workers, they get paid. Let me tell you something, at your job, the people that get paid the most, they're working hard. I mean, we, there's a, a psychopath out there who lies and cheats and steals and gets himself. I get that. But by and large, the people that make the most money in this world work hard. And you say, well, what, what about evil, wicked people out there and these billionaires? Let me tell you something. Those evil, wicked people out there and these billionaires out there, I'm not saying that we should strive to be like them or whatever, but even the wicked people, they still work pretty hard. There's just no way around it in this world. You want to make money? Work hard. Proverbs 10, look at verse 4. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Proverbs 10, 4, the Bible says, He becometh poor, look at what it says. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. The term slack hand is talking about being lazy. You ever heard of a slacker? What's a slacker? Someone who doesn't try very hard. Well, the Bible says that's a recipe for being broke. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Look at Proverbs 12 and verse 11. Proverbs 12 and verse 11. Proverbs 12, 11 says this, He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Look, instead of following a bunch of vain persons on YouTube telling you how you're going to get rich without working hard and having a four-hour work week, why don't you just get out and till your land so you can be satisfied with bread? Because that's the actual secret to money. You, you need money, you need to pay your bills. Everybody needs to pay their bills. You say, how do I do it? Work hard. That's the secret. Go to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. Now, let me say, just say this. I'm not telling you that our goal should be to be rich. I'm not saying that. In fact, the Bible teaches against that. Proverbs 23 and verse 4 says this, Labor not to be rich. Seize from thine own wisdom. The Bible says that people who desire to be rich fall into a snare. They fall into a trap. So your goal should not be to labor to be rich. The love of money is the root of all evil. But let me just say this. When you work hard, you're going to have money. That's just... How it is, and look, money, the, the love of money is the root of evil, not money. This is why Abraham was rich, Isaac was rich, or Jacob was rich, Joseph was rich. I mean, all sorts of characters in the Bible were rich, but you know, your job should be to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. Love God and go to work because you love God and work for God and, and work as unto the Lord and just put your head down and don't compare and don't complain and get to work and, and, and be a good worker and don't need to be super. And when you do all those things, you might find that God blesses you financially. It's just the way it goes. So hard workers get promoted and hard workers do not protest and hard workers provide. Now let me just talk 
for a minute. Go, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, if you would, in the New Testament. You find the, the, the T-books, they're all clustered together, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus, 1st Thessalonians chapter 4. You go there, and let me just talk for a minute to the young men in our church. I'm talking about young, young men, if you're a teen boy or, or in, your, in your early 20s or something like that, let me just talk to, 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 to young men that are getting ready to go into the workforce. Because obviously our church has a lot of, uh, of young men in it. Praise the Lord for it. I, I, I like the young men in our church. I think they're hard workers. I've seen them work at these work days, and I'm impressed with them. But I, I want to give you young men some advice. And, and if you're smart, you would listen to, to what I'm going to say to you. Because, look, I'm trying to say these things to anyone that will listen. Any young person that will listen to me, and especially young men, because we're talking about work right now. And, and let me just say this to you young men, because you need to understand. And this, these are things I've said to my sons, and, I, and I'm trying to say it to all of you. And, and, it's, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to help you understand something. The odds in this world are stacked against you. We live in a society that is designed for a two-income household. That's just the way it is. The world that you and I live in is designed, is designed for a man to go to work and for him to send his wife to work. You say, why is the world designed that way? Because the devil hates the Bible. And the Bible teaches that you young men should get married and you should provide for your wives and you should provide for your children and your wife should not have to go to work. But the devil has created this culture that lives on a two-income household. So here's what that means for you young men. You're going into a society. Look, there was a time in our society back in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s where a guy could literally go to work in a warehouse and make enough money to provide for a family. Those days are gone. And part of the reason those days are gone is because women went to work. And there's just so many people in the workplace now. So look, when you're a young man who's going to get married and try to have a wife who stays home and homeschool your children, the odds are stacked against you. You literally have to go out there and make twice as much as the other guy. But it can happen. Say, so how do you know? Because we have a church full of men that do that. We have a church full of men that make enough money. I'm not saying they're rich, I'm not saying, but they make enough money and they're, they're living miracles. So look, you guys, you young men, just understand this. I'm going to get, get married when I'm 18. You go ahead and do that, idiot. <laughs> I get married when I'm 18. Okay, but just understand this. Just understand this. The moment you get married, the moment you get married, unless you're a mama's boy, unless you're a mama's boy, and your mama's going to pay your bills, the moment you get married... And nine months later, you have a baby. Now you're an 18-year-old kid who has to feed three people. Four people if it's twins. Five people two years from now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say, what do I do? Listen to me. That's what you do. <laughs> Say, what do I need to do? You young men. You, the minute you graduate high school, you need to get into a career. Listen to me. Just please listen to what I'm telling you. You need to get into a career 
that takes years to become proficient in. You need to find a career. Look, if it's college, whatever. I don't necessarily recommend it, but if it's college, it's college. It, it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. But here's what I'm telling you. It, you need to get into some sort of a job that it requires three, four, five, six years before you become whatever it is that you're trying to be and you're fully paid and fully, you know, have the benefits or whatever. You need to find a job that takes years for you to get there. You say, why? Because those are the people of value. Those are the ones that get paid. If you can get trained to do it in two weeks, anyone can do it. You understand what I just said? If, if all it takes is a three-month certification, anyone can do that. Well, look, I don't even know if anybody in our church has a three-month certification. I don't want anybody to say, well, your pastor's preaching against me. I don't, I, look, I'm just saying. I'm talking to the young men. I'm trying to help them out a little bit. Before you've got three mouths to feed, understand something, that you need to get yourself into a career that requires years of training, years of preparation, years of being under someone, years of whatever it is, before you get to that level where you're that, you're the journeyman, you're whatever it is, because those are the people that get paid. And look, the video game playing fools don't have the character to do that. They don't have the character to work that job and be consistent and work hard and, and, get, and, and, and go up that ladder. So look, you do whatever you want. You do you. <laughs> but I, I'm just telling you, if you're smart, you'd listen to me. Amen. Go into a career that takes years for you to become proficient. Because otherwise, you're going to be in a career that anyone can do. Now, let me say this to young men as well. Try to find something, obviously, that you enjoy. But you really need to consider earning ability and earning power. This whole dream that I want to do something that fulfills me and I'm just happy to go to work. That's, look, at the end of the day, work is work. Amen. I want to work at a unicorn farm where we feed people. Look, it's work. I literally have my dream job and I hate it sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? I'm doing what I love and sometimes I'm just like, oh, I got to write another sermon. Ah, I got to take another phone call. Ah, I got to talk to that guy again. <laughs> Look, I'm just telling you, you should try to obviously find something that you like, something that you have an aptitude for, something that, that is not just the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying that, but I am saying this. There's no job out there that is just marshmallows and sprinkles all the time. It's work. You know why they're paying you? Because it's work. So find something that you enjoy, but you better find something that pays bills too. You know what these idiots are doing? I'm going to go to school and be an artist. I'm going to go to school and, and teach history. Well, you don't get paid for that. You don't get paid for that. You understand? I'm not, okay, I'm not making fun of you. If you're, I'm just saying, can we be real? Your children aren't going to get fed on you working your little dream job so find something you enjoy, but you need to consider earning ability. You need to figure out, am I going into a career that's going to make me money? Amen. And if you're going to college, don't get into debt. Amen. And make sure you get a degree that's going to pay you something. Right. 
Just realize that your job is to provide and you need to make good money to be able to provide for your family. And, be, and look, your goal should be, you say, what should my goal be? Your goal should be to have a job that you can work hard at, that you can earn an honest living, that you can be valuable and secure in, so you can have the money to do what God has called you to do, which is to provide for your family and to serve God. Amen. That should be your goal. And, and, and let me just give you another piece of advice, guys. Because remember, if you're, if you're smart, you're going to hit the ground running once you graduate high school. And look, I've had this conversation with my sons. I've, I've, we've talked about this. I'm just trying to help you guys. If you're smart, you're going to hit the ground running when you graduate high school, and you're going to find a career. And look, obviously, you can search around and maybe do different things and take a few months and figure out what you like. But once you decide, this is what I'm doing, get yourself in some sort of program or some sort of uh, 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 way uh, that you're going to do something that takes years to become proficient at, to become a certain skill level at. And look, here's what I'm telling you guys. You're going to get married and look, my wife and I have talked about this. It's kind of not fair for a lot of young men today. You just, you get married and then you, you know, everyone just wants to live the American dream. You have to have two cars and, and, and you have to have a dog and you have to have this and you have to have that. You know what would be smart? You know if you're smart, you know what you do? You graduate high school. You decide I'm not getting married till I'm 20. And you'd live at home till you got married. By the way, that's what the Bible says. Amen. And then you know what you could do for those two years between 18 and 20 when you're not in high school anymore, but you're not living outside of your parents' home? You know what you could do? You save up a whole lot of money. Amen. You buy a car, not a car that is cool. You buy a car that is functionable. You save up money. So that way when you walk down that aisle and say, I do, you actually have a car, you actually have some money in the bank, you actually have a plan, you're two years into a career that four years later, you're going to be making 100000 a year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Or do whatever you want. Go ahead and struggle. I'm not mad at you, I'm just trying to help you. Because people aren't having these conversations with their kids. They're just like, yeah, raise unicorns, do what you want. No, that's stupid. Just get a liberal arts degree. That's dumb. Get a job. Get a job that's going to pay you something. And look, you grown men, God bless you. You say, I wish I would have heard that 10 years ago. What? Look, God bless you, but if you find yourself in some dead-end job, I'm not mad at you. I'm not, and you already have a wife. You already have kids. I get it. It's hard, but you know what you need to do is you can either decide I'm going to be in the same spot I find myself today five years from now, or I can start working on myself and become valuable. Amen. And really, that, those are the guys that I'm kind of telling, like, start a business, and, 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 but work hard. But, if, if, but you need to get up every day and work, though. And if you can't do that, then do something else. But I'm just telling you, this doesn't just happen by accident. You have to plan for these things, and you have to be a hard worker. It's what the Bible says. Go to 1 Thessalonians 4. I'll finish up. Let me just show you a couple of passages. We'll be done. 1 Thessalonians 4, look at verse 11. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. And that ye study to be quiet, 
I want you to know these words. And that ye study. And that ye study. There's a passage on working. You know, if you're going to be valuable, you might have to study. You might have to read something. You might have to take a course. I'm not saying a college course. I'm saying you might have to learn something. And that you study to be quiet. No complaining, no comparing. And to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. That you walk honestly, not lying, not stealing, not drug dealing. That you walk honestly toward them that are without Notice it, and that, ye, and that ye may have lack of nothing. This is God's plan for success. You want to not lack anything? Study, shut your mouth, and work. Second Thessalonians 3, let me give you a lot, another one, we'll finish up. Second Thessalonians 3, look at verse 10. Second Thessalonians 3 and verse 10, look, do whatever you want. I'm your pastor, I love you, I'll be here for you. But you, you, can, you can save yourself a lot of heartache, especially you young men. And my heart goes out to you because the odds are stacked against you. I get that. So I'm just trying to help you open your eyes and realize, oh, but we're in love. You're an idiot. You're not going to be that in love when you're struggling financially and just hating life. So maybe put a break on it for two years and save up some money and actually get a job. Or do whatever you want. 2 Thessalonians 3, look at verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. That's what the Bible says. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command... And exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. You say, how do we make it in this world financially? You work hard. You stop complaining. You stop comparing. You stop saying, well, that guy's not working. So no, no, no. You're just quiet. Do it unto the Lord. Study. Work hard. And watch God prosper you. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, all of us, to be hard workers. Lord, help me to be a hardworking pastor. We all have different jobs. We work in different capacities and do different things. But Lord, I pray you'd help us. I pray you'd help us all to just determine, I'm going to be a hard worker. I'm going to work hard. And I know that financially, the economy, things can get difficult and hard. But help us to be like Joseph and just overcome. Persevere through difficultness. And just work hard. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be a hard-working church. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have Brother RJ come up and lead us in a final song. Just want to remind you uh, a couple of things. For, uh, first of all, I just want to remind